We lost a great race car driver on January 30th, 2020, a beloved fundraiser for Riley's Children's Hospital and fierce advocate for colon cancer screening. John Andretti's accomplishments behind the steering wheel were only exceeded by his humanitarian efforts. With an unparalleled life and career to celebrate, I've assembled a podcast feature that makes 16 stops along the way, all told by those who knew him and loved him. His legendary uncle, Mario Andretti, said it best. Try to, to put together how many drivers have driven midgets on dirt, asphalt, sprint cars on dirt, asphalt, sports prototypes, indie cars, stock cars, and top fuel. You tell me who has done all that. No one. No one that I could ever remember. I mean, that I could ever put together. I mean, there's no way there's another one that has done all that. He's alone. He's alone there. In the 10th installment of Remembering John Andretti, we have Major League Baseball All-Star Jack Clark, who also served as John's team owner in his crazy foray into the NHRA Top Fuel Dragster Series in 1993. All brought to you in the Marshall Pruitt Podcast by the Justice Brothers, Cooper Tires, TorontoMotorsports.com, and Bell Racing Helmets, USA. Pretty amazing career. The most diverse racing career I can think of. And boy, you're right in the middle of that with (laughs) NHRA and top fuel drag racing. I guess I'd start, Jack, by just asking... How you two came to know one another, or how this conversation started? Oh, you know what? I'm I'm not sure exactly. When I was just thinking back about it, it was just kind of like, you know, the 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 sponsor that we had wanted, uh, you know, like a famous driver. They wanted Tom Cruise or some surfer from L.A. You know, they wanted some type some big time name but you know didn't really have the budget for that and it just kind of put the word out there and then he just he just kind of had his people reach out to us and then uh, we became a little bit of friends with tony george at indy mm. yeah and uh, he mentioned john and we kind of you know made went through the channels and talked a little bit about it and see if he was interested and doing something that just went straight that you didn't have to turn, you know. So and uh, and he was he was interested in driving a lot of different types of vehicles, you know. It wasn't a lot of money in it, you know. I mean, obviously he got paid well, but it wasn't like anything where you get set for life, you know. I mean, we were kind of starting out, and we had to do, you know, we were. I was basing in uh, in Texas, in Dallas, Texas, and so we you know, tested out at the Motorplex, Texas Motorplex, and, you know, brought him out there, and he just was kind of a natural. It was just, uh, you know, he was, he was, he's a race car driver, so it was all about uh, his size and the weight and, you know, taking a little bit of weight out of the car and everything else because he was, you know, not a real big guy. And sure. he was, you know, so he was, he was like the perfect, perfect guy for that who liked to go fast and, um got the hang of it right away you know i mean it didn't take us long to go make some laps in the top fuel car and he was ready to go all the way to the finish line you know pull parachutes and get the thing stopped and redo it again and pull you know 
have the crew go through the motor and everything, get it backed up to the starting line, fire it back up. Because you had to make about had to make three passes with uh, two other top fuel drivers there, and I don't remember who the guys that were there. There were some other guys testing there to sign off on the license, you know. So, and he told um, me uh, he told me about it a couple years ago that exactly as you mentioned, you know, there's a, a very specific licensing process and you do a, you do this a little you do a burnout then you go you know uh, 60 feet or something but you know in stages you kind of work your way up to it and he mentioned uh, i think he was only supposed to go a fairly short distance and he just kept the sucker lit all the way down and uh yeah. not didn't make the folks at the nhra too happy no we were kind of sitting there going okay well if you want to take it you know half track or something like that you know Car's good to go and uh, parts are good. Everything's fresh, you know. Uh, you know to get the feel of it a little bit, just to to feel the feel the g forces and the acceleration, then also feel the deceleration. You know when you you know get used to pulling the you know both shoots, not just one. You know, so um, but you know he just like I said, he just he's like, no, I feel good, man. You know, if I feel it, so I was like, okay. I kind of I remember leaning down in the cockpit and said, "Well, if you if you feel good and you want to go a little bit further, a thousand feet or whatever, you know, go ahead and go for it because you know I seemed like uh, what he wanted to do. He wasn't bothered by it. You know, he wasn't he wasn't he had to get a, a little bit he had to get used to a little bit of not steering it as much. You know, yeah, and that takes that takes a little bit just in your mind because." just driving cars and go-karts and NASCAR and Indy cars and everything, you're turning, you know, and you don't do that with this. You know, you have to really kind of bar your arm out and point it, you know, and just try to keep it there. And you make very, going that fast, that quick with the engine behind you, you don't want to make any big turns because the bottom will, the back end will come around you, you know. So he got, had to get a little used to that because he was trying to he was trying to really drive it, you know, like hey, I'm I'm the driver, you know, I'm John Andretti, and I can I can drive this thing. It's like, well, you can, but it's it's not really that type of thing, you know. Sure. So, you know, because if something goes wrong with it, just tell him, you know, just just get out of it, you know, save the parts. We're not a big budget team, so there's no use going down and just nuking the whole thing you know trying to make it to the finish line you know you know and um you know and he got he he got <laughs> he was a little bit all over the racetrack with it you know it was swaying and everything else going down through there but he got it down to the finish line you know he, he just was and you know that's okay if that you know that's part of his dna is to drive you know so but in, after he made more laps and more laps and more laps he became you know, a pro at it. And I always felt, um, it was not only good for my team and I enjoyed having there cause he was a clean cut come from a famous family name. And, and obviously the, the NHRA when, especially when Wally Parks was around to have an Andretti in a top fuel car was pretty big deal, you know? So it wasn't, was it Mario? No. Was it Michael? No, but you know, it was an Andretti and guess what? You know, maybe those those other guys might be at the racetrack with their nephew and all that type of stuff at some point, you know? So, so it was a pretty big deal. We got a lot of press from it, which was good for the sponsor. And I was just more about, uh, you know, getting it down the track and doing something good for the sport, you sure. know? 
something different, you know, whether whether who it was going to be. I mean, it wasn't Tom Cruise who they wanted, or they wanted, I forget who the other guy was, was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed surfer, you know, just, uh, you know, they wanted somebody like that, you know, and it's like, well, he's neither one of them, he's a famous name, he's a good-looking guy, and he's a good guy, and he's a quality guy. Because sponsors, you want to have a good guy that was represent. You know, the owner and represent himself and represent the team and represent the company and the the sponsors and whatever you're trying to endorse, you know, and not the guy that's out at night partying and drinking and getting in trouble. You know, they weren't looking for that, you know, so and neither was I. I didn't want somebody I had to babysit. You know, I want to have somebody that was serious about what they're going to do. You know, you're going over 300 miles an hour and if things happen fast and three and a half, four seconds, you know, so you have to uh, pay attention. It's not no joke. And he knew it was no joke. And he used to bring his family and they'd come with a, uh, they'd bring an RV and park it, you know, next to, next to our, our rig and our transporter. And he, him and his wife, I was, you know, I was like, you and your wife, you know, I mean, you guys you know, are completely, uh, you can come over to the, the transporter and go up into the lounge and hang out there and air conditioning and TV or whatever and do interviews or talk or um, check the computer, talk to the crew chief, you know, spend time, get in the car when you got to fire it up. I wanted him to be involved in, you know, um, packing the parachute and, and, and oh, putting, wow. putting the nitro in and everything and learning how to get the right alcohol mixture to nitro and everything else, you know, and doing a little, those type of things, you know, which, which he was, had no problem learning. And we had some guys that were on the crew, you know, we weren't a real big crew, but I had quality people and, um, you know, they gave him a, they gave him and always gave me a good car and a good ride and a, a competitive car. And, um, you know, we just, we tested a lot, and, you know, through the testing, you know, we, we blew up some stuff and hurt parts. And we were always a little thin at the races, you know. So, um, and that sport is always, it's a, it's a, I love the sport, but it's a, you know, it's a small part as far as, a small sport as far as the manufacturer. There's only handful of people around the country, most of them out in California, that make the the parts, you know, the blowers and the cranks and the heads and the engines and everything for those cars, you know. So um, that's why Southern California was always like a hub for it. And most of those guys that make all that stuff, I wouldn't say that was the only spot they were, but, you know, you know, we had headman headers and, you know, our crew chief was, uh, um, his dad was uh, the head of that. And so we always got deal on headers and, you know, but it's hard to compete with the big boys in that sport that have all the millions of dollars and big time sponsors, you know, from, you know, Budweiser and some of the other sure. ones that are throwing huge dollars at it. You know, Connie Coletta, you know, who, you know, had the flying service and everything else. Um, you know, they had the type of money that they could blow stuff up. And before the season start, they'd already have 15 new engines sitting there. And they might have, in the wintertime, they'd order 35 sets of heads, you know, and yeah. during the season. And they'd have, you know, two dozen or three dozen cranks, you know. And we would have one or two motors to start with and um, or maybe two and a half and a few parts. And a lot of times they were blackened and everything else, you know. So, But I wouldn't run it if it wasn't safe, you know. So we just, 
it just I just had you know I spent a lot of my own personal money to give a good ride not just to John but to everybody else you know so um, I enjoyed having him in the sport and I knew it wasn't going to be something long term for him but I hoped it was you yeah. know I hoped he, he would have been a guy and sponsors we could have put together and kept him in the sport and kept him and just been and had him racing some of the biggest names in the sport you know had him going up against you know the Kenny Bernstein's and the Don the Snake Perdomes and those guys, you know. So, you know, I, that's one reason I got into the sport was bring back some of the history of the snake and the mongoose and those type of guys. When I have the mongoose, you know, Tom McCune drive my car, you know, just to bring back some of the, for the fans and for the love of, course, of the sport of and for all, all of us Big Daddy Don Garlitz fans and all that, you know, and have those guys compete and race like they did everything they did with wildlife racing, like in the movie that they made, you know? So, um, and I don't know whether you saw that movie, yep. The Snake and the Mongoose, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a good movie. And, you know, even at the end of that, you know, this, uh, when we won English Town, I couldn't be there because I was playing baseball with the Red Sox and we happened to be in Minnesota when the game was over. I was just getting the race on TV in the clubhouse and saw Tom McCune <laughs> win that race which was ironic because we had just swapped crew chiefs, you know, and I took her crew chief and that was the first race we went to. And we ended up beating Lori Johns in the finals, you know, and uh, with, with her old crew chief, you know, so that was a, uh, my, was my only win. And, you know, but you're always looking for, you know, sponsors are always looking for youth and a certain look, you know, and, just you know, like I said, having a, a name, Dan Rennie name, is world famous. You know, not just in you know NASCAR or Indy cars, but around across the world with Mario. You know, so and Michael and all the racing they've done, and and just their their product that they put out there. You know, in in Indy with having three cars or whatever. You know, so and and John driving a car for a different sponsor and just Andretti, 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 Andretti. So to have that in drag racing, racing the biggest names of the sport and competing was good for the sport and the fans loved it. And uh, we had a good looking car and a very clean, organized pit and crew and, I don't know if, if I would have done anything different. You know, I just, I wish I could have had John uh, long term, but, you know, he had, uh, you know, he had other obligations and I knew that going in, you know, sure. so I was glad, I was glad to get him for the short time that we had him. And, and if he really liked it and wanted to do it, the door was open, you know, I would have loved to have him uh, go out there and, you know, because it would have been good for sponsors, you know, there's no way that and it's a sponsor driven sport for sure. You know, it's very expensive because it's limited. There's only certain people that make the parts for those things to make them tackle the way they do and get that much horsepower and, and to make it down the, the track, you know, because at that time we were going a quarter mile. Now they're going a thousand feet. But, you know, in a quarter mile, you blow up a lot more stuff. You know? Of course, so. of course. And I have to, I have to imagine, Jack, that you know, with, uh, with the sponsors kind of eye on wanting to do something a little non-traditional, I don't know what your expectations were knowing that you're bringing in a guy who, I mean, and came together with you in 93 and did, uh, I believe it was those three rounds. Um, it was also the year where he made his first NASCAR start. So up till that point, really John Andretti was known as the IndyCar and sports car guy. That's where yeah. his repute, you know, popular rep reputation laid. I don't know what kind of expectations you 
might have had going in but i know that at least for you know what john was telling me of uh of beating joe amato in his first ever you know official round the defending top field champion uh, i know he surprised himself i just <laughs> a curious you know good lord but i don't know what you expected to come from it but it sure sounds like man he exceeded everything well he did you know because he just was like a natural you know it was just it was it was like one of those pieces of the puzzle that you're trying to put together with a small budget you know um and funding from me because i have a passion for it it's something that my dad used to bring me to and you know i i monies i made in baseball was something i always wanted to do for my father not only for us because i love that sport you know i actually loved it more than baseball but baseball uh allowed me to be able to afford to do it you know so and i had a lot of people you know that that helped me through it you know uh from Kenny Bernstein and Tom McCune to make sure people didn't take advantage of me and make me spend money and load up my trailer with nuts and bolts and washers and everything else. And, you know, I'd have 6,000 of them and everything else and different tools that you probably didn't need, you know? So, you know, we were able to get the correct things and the best of everything and the best computers. And when things changed and, clutches changed or whatever we were able to adapt and put it in there and and make and keep everything nice and clean and organize it so somebody like john andretti or another big name or a celebrity or a movie star or somebody that the sponsor wanted um to put them in the car to keep it and let them know that for them and their family that they were going to give them a good ride and we were going to keep them safe and do the best we could you know and he everybody had a job to do and uh, you had to trust everybody, you know, what they were doing. So we, I trusted John, and it's not rocket science. You know, you stand on the gas and point it straight and try to get there before the other guy, you know. So you just have to practice on the tree. And we had a, a, a mechanism in the, in my, my trailer in the lounge where you could go in there and practice, you know, cutting lights, you know. So he would be in there all the time doing that and working on that. I made sure that some other drivers came over and talked to him and if he had any questions. And everybody in drag racing is like a family. So, you know, they weren't trying to have an advantage and give him uh, any fake anything fake you know they were trying to help them out you know it's like um you know hold the brake a little longer drive through it you know and then grab the steering wheel you know what i mean and don't try to overdrive it kind of joe motto i think told him to kind of lock his elbow in and then kind of once you once you back a car up and you put it in you put it in gear to go forward that's it that's all there is with the clutch and there's a metal plate down there that you kind of wedge your foot into and then lock your arm in and when you back up, you know, the crew chief is behind there and you're trying to get into the grooves where you just did your burnout, you know. So, you know, somebody's kind of pointing you and you're 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 making your way back in there. So, you know, he was he he was just kind of a natural, you know, he was not afraid of it. He enjoyed it. He enjoyed the speed. He enjoyed the competition. Um, he enjoyed the G forces. You know, he liked uh, he liked racing, not not just anything, but, you know, he was really somebody that really enjoyed doing it. He wasn't doing it for to show that he could do stuff that other guy. He just really enjoyed it. You know, mm. he, liked, he liked driving cars, whether it was like most of those guys. You know, they like driving sprint cars or they like driving Indy cars or they like doing this. You know, they like... Uh, they they 
they will, it doesn't bother them. They, they want it, you know? So it wasn't something you had to talk about, you know, it was just like, well, you have a job to do and we'll give you a good car, do your burnout, get back here. And, uh, you know, I didn't have, we didn't have any problems with him staging the car, like making sure he got his visor down in time, you know, and, uh, was be locked and loaded and, you know, he was ready for the tree. So, he would have been, he would have been, if he would have stuck with it, he would have been probably one of the best levers, you know, as far as leaving the starting line, as far as ETs, you know, um, his quickness off the starting line. He would have been constantly in a fuel car. He would have constantly been around, you know, 40, 45, 50, 60, like, you know, the guys that are world champions, Tony Schumacher and Amato and those guys were always consistent, um, on the tree, you wow. know, so, and it's mostly those guys always came from, uh, pro stock motorcycles or, or, um, the pro stock, you know, the pro stock, the cars, you know, or alcohol or something like that, that where they were used to the tree and everything else. He didn't, you know, so he wasn't, he wasn't used, he had to get used to it, you know, and then, you know, guys mess with you a little bit on the other side, you know, they take their time or they try to deep stage and, and, and take one of the bulbs out, you know, and everything else. And, um, he got on quick, you know, and, uh, he just had a fire, you know, he just had that Andretti fire. And, uh, you know, I was kind of hoping, you know, hey, why don't you tell Mario, I'll see if he wants to make a couple <laughs> laps in this thing, you know. So maybe, Michael, you guys all come down there and shoot, I'll pay for it, man. We'll just, you know, we'll just keep testing and you guys can make laps and see how everybody likes it, you know. So in case you can't, kind of, John, in case you can't make it one day, maybe Mario want to jump in here for a race or two, you know, so. Well, it sounds like Jack. This was uh, it was fun. it was uh, fun. I think I think great all time us, for you. Yeah, yeah, it was a great time. All of us had a lot of fun, you know. And uh, I was very sad to hear, you know, that he was struggling. And I was praying and hoping that he was going to beat it, you know, um, because he was so young. And um, you know, he's a was a tremendous competitor. And so when you when you're used to competing, you, you like to win and you just don't think that anything's ever going to be able to beat you. And if something tries to, you figure out a way to beat it, you know? So you just always believe that, but you know, it, it just was something that he couldn't come back from. And my, my father actually died from that also. So it's a, it's a terrible thing they had to go through for a young man. Um, you know, so my heart goes out to him and his family his, and, uh, his wife, you know, and everybody in racing that loved John because everybody did, you know, they loved him everywhere he went because he's just such a good quality guy, you know, that you could count on, you know, and, and he was gonna, he wasn't gonna beat your stuff up, you know, he actually, you know, he's a race car driver and sometimes things happen, you know, so as an owner, you don't really worry about that, you know, go out and do your job. I, you know, if you got to blow, listen, if it's race day and you got to blow it up to get to the finish line first, as long as you can do it without, you know, losing control or anything, do it. Don't worry about it. You know, we'll figure out how to get a new bullet in there, uh, you know, next round. You know, we got we got one left. And if that one blows up in the drag racing world, somebody would have come over and given us one, you know. So, and everybody's crew would have come over and tried to put it back together and, and helped us, too. That's the way the, the drag racing world is in the NHRA, you know. So. Amen. Well, Jack, thanks so much for taking some time. Thanks for helping us to learn a lot about this brief window 
1993 where John, who's already used to going 230 miles an hour in an Indy car, said, eh, not quite enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, three. 300 sounds probably, good to me. He probably would have been a guy that could have gone 300 and still turned it and kept it up. Uh, I so. tell you what. But thanks, <laughs> seriously, thanks again, Jack. I really okay. do appreciate your help. Well, thanks for doing a nice story on him. You know, God bless him and prayers go out to everybody. Thank you for listening to Remembering John Andretti on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast. Brought to you by the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, Bell Racing Helmets USA, and Cooper Tires. If this is your first time listening, more than 900 episodes are available at MarshallPruittPodcast.com. We also have a subscribe page where Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other listening options are readily available.